I realized I started running out of things to talk about without actually talking about comedy on stage, like being like, I'm going to talk to you about my jokes <laughs> yeah. and how they came about. It's like, I got to actually have life experiences yeah. and friends outside of stand up because stand ups, you might not know this, but this is a little fun fact are terrible people. Yeah. Uh, generally across <laughs> the board. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and coffee in the fridge. Cheers, my friends. Yes. I'm sitting here today with my buddies, Nate and Derek of the Secondhand Sketch Comedy Group. Yeah. We'll call I'm you an ex-member. Good enough. Good enough. What was that? I said I'm an ex-member. You're an ex-member? Yeah, like ex-man. An ex-man? He's, mm-hmm. he's retired. I get out there and I bust my claws out. All right. And, go, and run off. So you have a fifth year anniversary show coming up, right? Yeah, it is a marvel that we have not imploded into a horrible puddle of comedy, but we've Managed to survive for five years. Hey, relatable. I had my fifth year anniversary for the podcast this year as well. Oh, that's awesome. Look at us, old so, fiveies. Congratulations. What, what, are we, what are we supposed to get at a fifth year anniversary? I know it's like one year you're supposed to get like a diamond, you know, like that like oh. anniversary chart. It's like a bag of jelly beans. <clears throat> bag of jelly beans? Maybe, I don't know. I got no jelly beans. So yeah, if anybody any out beans. there wants to get me jelly beans, please do. But also don't because jelly beans are low key gross. In yeah, my opinion, gross. I don't like them at all. <laughs> yeah, certain <laughs> ones are OK. That's about. Starburst brand. Yeah. Yeah, my, that's really the only good one. They made one good one in 1994. Will, yeah. Mm. OK. Yeah. The Starburst ones were good. Yes. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Because they don't taste like jelly beans. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk more about this show. Let's get all the details up front because I have a feeling that we'll get into a wide variety of debauchery and things that have nothing to do with this show. So let's make <laughs> yeah, sure yeah. that we tell people about the show up front. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, so the show is kind of a culmination of like five years worth of work. Uh, we've been producing comedy uh, all over the city. We've uh, we've went to New York City. Uh, we've traveled all over the place, kind of putting on our own shows, kind of really doing it our, kind of our own way uh, for a long time now. Um Secondhand, we're very much like a both video and sketch group, and we're very determined to try to combine those elements on stage. Uh, Basically, make a long story short, when we, when a bunch of us in the group, when we initially started the idea, it was just we were really annoyed when you watch live sketch comedy. Because even when you watch SNL on TV, you know, there's like commercials and breaks and stuff, and there's like transitions. But like when you do it live, it's like, okay, cool, we're going to sit here for three minutes while a couple dickheads move some stuff around on stage. And what we wanted to do was just present a very streamlined, natural show that had momentum to it. That like the show kept moving, that kept you laughing the whole time (laughs) and kept really engaged the audience. And you know, this 50 year anniversary show is kind of a celebration of all that we brought back every single cast member in some capacity. (laughs) That's why Uh, we should explain why. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and everyone has a part to play. A lot of us are going to be in live sketches. A couple of people are going to be in videos uh, that we made. Uh, we've made a bunch of stuff just specifically for the show. But it's also nice because we get to bring back a bunch of old sketches, like in a very like SNL huh. 40th anniversary the style. hits of sorts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like ha- about half the show's old sketches and then the other half of the show's like new stuff and stuff we made specifically for the show. Awesome. It's a big show. I'm scared. Yeah, oh, I'm terrified. <laughs> and I'm running it, so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what day is the show? Uh, January 10th and 11th. January 10th and 11th. At the Arcade Comedy Theater. Cool. Yeah. Downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, Yeah. First show is Friday at 8 and then the second show is Saturday at 10. Super, super cool. Yeah. So yeah, you've been doing this for five years. What is your role in the group? Uh, I would call myself maybe like the head writer. Okay. Uh, I don't do a lot of the writing anymore, but I kind of help facilitate it and kind of point out like where there's problems, what kind of needs fixed. That's some boss shit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, it kind of just defaulted to me because when we started the group, I just happened to be the only person who'd done like four sketch shows beforehand four awful, terrible sketch shows <laughs> that were not good. I worry about, I went re- back and rewatched one of the videos we did at club cafe. And some of the sketches are heinous. <laughs> like re- You got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for sure, but they were bad. <laughs> but we shouldn't have. Like structurally, words, the acting, you know, all of it, not good. Well, sure. I think that that's the thing with, you know, comedy, 
in any aspect of it. It's a very vulnerable, transparent thing. And to be able to do it good and connect with people in a not terribly embarrassing way, it's a very hard thing to do. It takes a long time to get that craft together, I would imagine. Yes, you are correct. It's <laughs> As awesome somebody that, that is, <laughs> I mean, my my closest relation to any of this would just be being a musician and writing oh, yeah. songs and performing stuff. I think about stuff that you got to be a little funny. Yeah, songs that I tried to write and things mm. like that back in the day, and it's like it's embarrassing shit. But also, like you're able to hide behind. Sometimes you're able to hide behind the music, or like there could be a corny song with a, a good guitar part. Mm-hmm. Or a bad guitar part with like a catchy vocal line. But when you're doing comedy, it's very much like, nope, you got the joke. And if the joke's bad, there's really nothing to hide behind. See, that was the thing that I always <laughs> thought was interesting to me because I always felt the exact opposite about an instrument. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get up there and I have this thing that I'm going to ruin everything with. Like <laughs> getting up with a guitar. Like if I don't get these notes right, this is going to sound like the yeah. biggest. I'm going to double fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, that's see, that's how I saw it. I always thought that it difference was interesting because I don't. I'm like, well, I'm going up with me, and I'm like, it's also the counterpoint that like when you do well, it's awesome because it's all you. It's like oh, I am a magic comedy god right now, and then you do one more set, and you suck. And you go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever were you ever into making music or anything, Derek? I mean, when I was younger, I uh, I learned how to play guitar very lightly. I spent maybe like six months screwing around with it. And I like music. Uh, I like like musical improvisation a little yeah. bit. And I've written I've written I've written lyrics for musicals and stuff like that. But writing actual music, no. It was all the songs were always ripped off of some other song. And well, I just used that to use like to write the lyrics. Well, I mean, yeah, that that that's pretty natural, I would say, yeah. in most circumstances. I, Nate, what about yeah. you? Obviously, you are a working musician now, and mm-hmm. you are an ex member yeah. of this comedy group exactly so you've lived both lives what are some parallels that you've experienced uh i mean out parallels i don't know i'd say i like the music people better all you comedy people are weird (laughs) we're monsters yeah exactly they're all yeah that's all i gotta say uh as far as that goes no i mean like it was it like i i never really felt like i got too too deep i just kind of like dipped my toe in which was kind of nice and i feel like i'm keeping myself out of the scene because I want like a group or something to use me as a plant in the audience to like punch me in the face or something. Oh, okay. I want people to not know who I am and like have it be like pro wrestling style. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. If you guys ever want to. I mean, I don't yeah. think anyone knows who I am. But yeah, I guess in your short time then doing whatever mm-hmm. yeah. well, comedy I had, like, you did. Two years, two and a half years. Yeah, you at least two years. Like yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't feel like there was a whole lot of parallel or, or i mean like I, maybe no, just you know aside something, from like you're on i guess you're I'm, doing different parts I'm about here to lay it all out there yeah let's do it comedy people are so much later than musicians like okay. musicians are late comedy so people man late people so not necessarily in terms of the, <sighs> i'm sorry the, this is true the performance yeah. mm-hmm. aspects but oh, the just performance the, aspects? the social aspects is what bugged oh, you yeah definitely i mean the performance stuff like i definitely i feel like uh sketch was a lot more stressful because like with music like you get to like prepare it all like okay cool this sounds great but then like no you don't know there's so many factors something so many things go wrong it's scary up there that's why i don't like it yeah no it i mean the thing that's particularly kind of hard about sketch is that there's a lot of elements that go into it it's not like i've done stand-up for like 10 years and i know i ultimately have a lot of the control and a lot of it rests just on me but like with sketch you have to count on a lot of people Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone could fuck it up or you could fuck it up. That's what I was always afraid of. Or you of. already fucked it up yeah, and you exactly. have no idea because you've never performed it in front of anyone yeah. before and you're just guessing that it's good. Mm-hmm. You're like, I think this is like, super yeah, funny. People laughed like, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> Getting things <laughs> off to uh, a start with starting a sketch. Like, I can't even imagine writing a sketch in like writing things for other people and then relying on those people to kind of like get your voice across and like your idea across. Like, have you gotten to a point now where like you have a team of people that you can like kind of write for, like, you know, people's strengths and weaknesses and things like that. I mean, I think a lot of the sketch that we write, we, we don't necessarily, sometimes we have people in mind, but we don't, we know we, the thing that's nice is we have a pretty good spectrum of actors. Uh, Everyone who's part of the group acts. Like you have to be able to write and act. And the other rules, you also have to ha- have a little bit of an improv background because we do do, do the show with a little bit of improv in it. Uh, the thing that's nice is everyone now when they contribute, they can we can usually find someone to put into those roles. It, it's not too hard to do that uh, for that process. Uh, but the writing process can be really hard because sometimes you definitely have to surrender 
to everyone else. Because sometimes you have an idea and you think it's great and everyone else is like, no, nah, man, I don't Ooh. think this is very good at all. <laughs> yeah. Or a lot of sketches also this thing happens where you start with one idea and it becomes completely something else. Mm. Like you start at a very like certain place. Uh, like someone wrote this sketch. I think it was Mindy Cooper. She wrote the sketch about someone being addicted to cheese. That's where it's very much started out at. And it was just like a really kind of innocuous thing. And then it just be, it kind of kind of it grew into something else. And then by the end of it, it was about like this cheese. It was like about this like cheese narcotics officer trying to like bust all this like French cheese coming mm. in. And like there's like cheese addicts. Yeah. Mm. It's just this really goofy, fun sketch. And it like happened to perfectly coincide with this article that got released about five years ago that says cheese is more addictive than cocaine. More like <laughs> we're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We told the truth. <laughs> so if I can speak that, from my own experience with the writing process, whenever, like, it was very collaborative. It was nice, because, like, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, things would totally change. But I think I learned quickly to, like, just outline what I'm trying to go for. Because, like, if you put too much into it, you're just going to get beat up. Not in yeah, a bad way, but it's no. like, yeah, you just got to, like, make sure it's, like, okay, it fits what everyone else really wants to. And it was good. It's kind of like coming into a practice space with a song idea. <laughs> yeah. Versus like a full song. Because mm -hmm. everybody else is always going to have an idea. Yeah. And you want those people to have their ideas. You know, if you're working with a group of people, it's because you trust them and you like their input. So. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it sucks. Oh, yeah. It does suck. But <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's always fun to see where things go. Mm -hmm. I always get really excited personally with songwriting when something turns out to be a complete 180 from where it started. As yeah. long as it's still good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's like that's the, the, end the, the most important thing is, is it good at the end? Is this mm -hmm. is this better than I thought it would have been, even if it's different? Yeah. yeah. Like dropping the ego, I think, is a really hard thing, but it's necessary. And I can imagine that's probably hard for a lot of people in comedy. It's definitely hard for people in music. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> just comedy. It's so <clears throat> solitary. I mean, I mean, sketch groups is one thing, but I'm just yeah. talking like individual like stand ups and things like that. And that's that's actually like one of like the things that like be I really emphasize like when we started doing secondhand, like at the time I still did, like I was still doing improv, like I was very multidiscipline, like kind of comic. Like I wanted to try everything and like experience everything. So I was doing improvisational comedy. I was doing sketch comedy and I was doing stand up at the same time. Uh, and I was also just like writing stuff like on the side, just like fun stuff. And the thing that's neat about sketch is it kind of combines all those together. What well, combines improv and stand up stand ups very much about writing figuring out your material and like figuring out a way to present it and you have this terrible improv is fun because you have to collaborate with a group of people and you have to be on your toes you have to be willing to listen and change your sure. idea at a moment but what's neat is those two ideas kind of get synthesized together into sketch because you have to work with a bunch of people and you come up with ideas but you get to keep the ideas yeah rather than just throwing them out mm -hmm. like with improv it, it almost feels like you know sketch is like a, a physical representation of like somebody's really good joke Mm -hmm. being acted out in like a stage play almost. Yeah, I mean, it's it basically, that's exactly what it is. And what's even fun is like, if you know sketch comedy, like it's really fun when you can break those rules, like your what your expectations are of a sketch to really catch audiences like off guard. Um, like there's a really great uh, Netflix show, I think you should leave now. Uh, yes, that is a really good is, one, hilarious. And the thing that's really great is the writer, the guy who runs the show got kicked, got fired from SNL. <laughs> And, but he was still a really great writer. And he made this show that like breaks a lot of the rules of what you do with sketches. Some of them are very, the very traditional kind of structure. Like here's a game, we're gonna play it, we're gonna escalate it, we're gonna escalate it, we're gonna escalate it. And then we're gonna put a button on it and that's the end of it. Uh, but he does tons of stuff in there that's just cuckoo bananas. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, oh you need man. to. I'm very interested. Highly recommended. I think you should leave now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll definitely check it out. It's, I'm always looking for them Netflix recommendations. Yeah. Most of the episodes are nice and short, <clears throat> um, but they're really good. There is there is a scene with Fred Willard at a funeral that is one, oh, of, the, yeah, yeah. one of the funniest <laughs> things I have ever seen in my entire, like I want to, when I die, I want that mm -hmm. to happen at my funeral. Yeah. Oh, I, that's I, I, I think I sent you a YouTube link with uh, one of those like actual things. Oh, yeah. They're like the, like the old timey like silent movie organs. Yeah. Where it's got like all like the like pulleys and stuff yeah. that do like different things and like the drum set attached to it. But it's one of those with silly sounds. Yeah. It's <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, Derek, you told me that you've been doing this secondhand sketch thing. This is five years mm -hmm. and you've been in comedy for 10 years and things like that. Let's get a little background on you and then I'm yeah. going to get your background too, Nate. Right, so don't, don't you worry. Nate's um, never told me anything about his life mm, either outside is, of sketch. That's why so. I asked him to come. Yeah, don't so you, like, this is going to be cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't I'm, wait to expose myself to like Derek. All right. Mm -hmm. So, Derek, 
what was your background in like the early days with getting into comedy? Uh, so when I was a kid, you know, I was, I, I was a chubby fat kid. And that, the easiest way to like basically deal with bullies or something was to be funny, right? So like that's how I dealt with stuff. And when I was in high school, I did a talent show and I did stand up comedy, uh, which to this day I cannot believe I did now because there's I have way too many like anxiety issues that I can believe that I actually did that. Because going up in front of like 400 of your peers at a talent show and telling jokes. It was destiny, dog. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't have the tape anymore, but I did watch it at one point. And I was like, some of this is OK. You know, I I did a a staged rap battle in my high school talent staged? show. It was what? between It was between me and the other goth kid in our high school. Yeah. And we like set it up with all the, the teachers and everything. We're like, we want to do this thing, but we want it to come off as real. But we had to like script the whole thing and yeah, show yeah. it to them and That's make good. sure that they were okay gotta with do it. You gotta do. So yeah, we had, we had like a stage rap battle that everybody in the school thought was real between yeah. the two goth kids. It was awesome. That is the awesome. The tape's gone. I don't know where it is, but it does oh, exist. Man. Yeah, I yeah. wish I had it. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. That's I'm not gonna lie. That's scarier to me than mm-hmm. what I did. You gotta set that shit up. You know, stuff doesn't happen. Cool stuff doesn't happen. You gotta make. In a it way, happen. it was almost a sketch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I just realized See? that. <laughs> <laughs> well, how scary would have been if, like, halfway through, the other guy just starts doing completely different raps at you, yeah. and you're just like, like now oh, fuck, I have fuck, to fuck, 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 no, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I so I went to college and I found out about drugs and women. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Booze. And so wow. I kind of put the I was like, I'll just do this. I'll go into radio or something. Yeah, I'll go into the, a dying industry. And <laughs> I worked at WDUQ for like a year. And I'm like, how do I get in the morning radio? They're like, we well, could have a comedy background. So I basically after I got out of college, I had this awful corporate job. And my buddy calls me one night and he's like, hey, they have an open mic down here. You said you wanted to go to my comedy, man the bar we used to go to why don't you come down and do it and i'm like okay and so like i wrote out material and like i did some old stuff and like it worked for a while and then so like with old stuff like you like maybe had ideas for comedy yeah. like in your back pocket i i had jokes or like anecdotes i'd tell to okay, friends like cool. for a while yeah, i gotcha and then like and they worked initially and then i had to like and then i for a good year <laughs> i just ran out i just <laughs> ate i just ate big bowls of comedy shit like I <laughs> just oh it was awful that's the other thing that i find really impressive about stand-up is that it's like there's always a new set you know with musicians it's like we can ride out you know the same material for four or five oh, years yeah. and it's mm-hmm. fine but you can't spice it up a little if you want well people do do that with comedy it's just not good <laughs> okay uh i meant on like a professional level yeah. On like an underground level, oh, I'm yeah, sure yeah. there are people that have been doing the same fucking 15 minutes for three years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> longer. <laughs> three years is is hilarious. <laughs> it helped. <laughs> Try 20. Yeah. Like uh, uh, I, well, I did a show two a year ago where the guy who opened up for me did a bunch of jokes about Yaz birth control. Oh man, that's do you old. remember Yaz birth yeah, control? I remember Yaz? Yeah. I remember all the birth controls. It just it, it, the best part. It was it was a high schooler's fundraiser for him to get money for college. Like he set up this whole event just to raise money. Oh jeez! And it was like a really great event. And like I'm middling on it. And the guy comes out is I remember. I'm just gonna say his name was Chris. I'm not gonna say anything else about him. And he like he worked the very first weekend like the improv opened like back in like the 90s. And he was like an old. <laughs> uh, he's like he's like credits like like really old like i i met sam tennis sam, sam kennison once he's he was dope yeah and i'm cool. like Ooh, yeah. okay <laughs> that's neat he's dead uh, <laughs> that's neat he's dead yeah. uh, and he just goes up and i've never phrase. i've never seen any like no one even knew what he was talking about and like even then the jokes weren't good because it was just like a lot of like bad menstruation jokes sure like you know as opposed to those good menstruation jokes <laughs> yeah, exactly. we all know that's, come to love, that's my favorite you know. genre <laughs> oh yeah favorite, that's right I, mm-hmm. I have a few for you in the car thanks uh but uh yeah that like your material it, the thing is is some material like stories and stuff can work forever like as long as you keep tweaking them like and you don't have too many references to old things like I have a story I've done for like five years, but like I update it yeah. and I change it like as it goes, like and it's never been quite the same, uh, but it's not. A, it's not, you know, it's a story about me finding a dildo in my dad's house and nice. just like, the insane, oh, yeah, it was super nice. <laughs> oh, <Hell> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like I constantly update that and change it like and I still tweaking it because I'm like. 
there's there's someone who I can't remember who posted this line. They're just like, listen, you're not done fixing your jokes or doing them until they're an, on an actual album or they're on a Netflix special or a Comedy sure. Central special yeah. or something. Like, otherwise, you still need to keep working on them. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, definitely people do way old material. So you were just getting into open mics then back. Yeah. That's where we, we kind of left off. So you start doing open mics with some material, yeah. old material, new material. And then I got fired from that job. Uh, that nice. was so this corporate awful, job. Yeah, this, this awful corporate job, yeah. which was just working on like foreclosed homes and selling them to banks, which I didn't know for a long time. Uh, it was like, great. Just read from the script, Derek. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't even deal with those people. It was just like I was dealing with the people appraising the houses. Oh, geez. And then like somehow one night someone got through uh, to uh, like through the phone line and they started screaming at me. <laughs> and I'm like, Who, what is happening? Like, because I have no idea. I've been dealing with these realtors the mm. whole time. They're like, you can't steal my house from me. And I'm like, whoa, we're taking yep. people's houses that we mm -hmm. stole from them? Holy shit. Like, yep. this is an awful job. Like, luckily, the I got, devil. Like, the morning I got fired, I was looking for another job. Mm. Uh, but I, once I got on unemployment, I spent, I was like, okay, cool. I'm making a decent amount of money on unemployment. I'm going to ride it out and do as much stand-up as possible. Whoa. And uh, the American dream, baby. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Whoop, whoop. Uh, so did that for a while. And uh, yeah, I mean, I basically I've been doing stand up ever since. Uh, not too long after that, I started doing improv, uh, which is great. Uh, really great writing tool. Uh, you've done improv, too, right? I, I took two classes. 101 and 201 or 102. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was fun. I liked it. I, I feel like improv is like swimming in air. It's impossible. It's scary. Yeah. See, I feel like that's I, my the the end result of everything I'm saying. I'm like, I'm afraid. It's Me too. the world yeah. is scary. But no, it was a good time. I liked it. That's actually how I got into secondhand sketch. I was an intern at the uh, arcade, which was a great job. Do they still do that? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. If anyone's listening to this or watching, uh, you should do that. If you like to do comedy and you like to take classes, do. All right. So this would be a good time to then maybe backtrack a little bit. Yeah, Let's backtrack. talk about your history. Oh hi. Nate. My name is with, Nate. With with comedy, a lot of people probably know you from your your music shenanigans. But mm. let's talk about comedy a bit. Like, what was uh, your what, well, what made you want to dip your toes in that water, as you said earlier? Uh, I was looking for something to do. You know, I mean, I had like, you know, my friends and I made silly videos and stuff in college and all that. But like, uh, yeah, in Pittsburgh, I hadn't been living here for that long, and I was like, I need to find something to do with my time. Uh. I didn't really have a band or anything going on. And I was like, I should either take like cooking classes or uh, go take like improv comedy classes. And I didn't want to take cooking classes because I already knew how to cook. And I feel like it'd be one of those things where you show up and you're just like, oh, what's this? A spatula? And you're like flipping pancakes up real high and like trying to be the cool guy in the class. So I went and took improv classes. And uh, yeah, that was fun. I mean, I did it just to like try and meet people and do some new things. And I ended up getting into a group. And then that was stressful, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, did, it was a lot did, of fun. Did you feel like you were the ringer in your improv class? Uh, no, no. I mean, my improv class was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I really liked the people that were in it. Uh, do you know Nathan Zub? Yeah, he was in my improv oh, class. Oh, Zub was in your class. Yeah. Uh, there's another like local improv. Uh, what what's it? Alex O'Brien? She's out oh, in yeah. uh, L.A. now. Yeah, she was in my class. Oh, cool. A couple other people. Uh, what's her name too? Uh, damn it! I'm not even gonna say that because then I'm gonna forget her name and I feel like a jerk. No, I already did it. I fucked myself bad now. <laughs> Son of well, a bitch. Some uh, an unnamed person who was also great, but yeah, uh, did that and um, yeah. I mean, did a show. The show was a lot of fun. I I don't know. I think I hate myself for this, but after taking the improv classes, I've become a person that if I would talk to anybody that wants to do some sort of performing, whether it's like music or just public speaking or anything, take improv classes. Yeah, because like. It, it, it helps you work through situations and like actively listen a whole lot better, especially even like in stage banter stuff too. Like it's, it, if, if I was up on stage with somebody else, like in a band that actually like I knew I could like trust them with like uh, improv kind of things on stage, like, man, that would make things so much easier, you know? Yeah. I, the thing that I love about learning all these different skill sets, and this goes back into you, Derek, and like your background in being interested in doing improv and stand up and sketch and all of these things is that you learn these abilities and just because you like try something out doesn't mean that you have to stick with exactly that thing forever. You could just take the skills that you learned and apply them to the next thing. And there's always skills to be learned from anything that you do that you could just apply to your life in general, just, you know, mm -hmm. with, uh, 
improv being better at yeah. talking on the spot in conversations. Yep. Yeah, Maybe I mean, not saying um and like so much. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing I think in I think Nate hit this on the head is the, it's the listening skill. Mm-hmm. It's that we all know how to like improvise. It, like everyone thinks when you say improv, they're like, oh, this is uh, whose line scatting. is it anyway? Like we're going to do these incredible games. But like, that's a falsehood. Like mm-hmm. if you actually know how that show's made, it's like an hour and a half or two hours of show that they cut down into a half hour. Oh, sure. And they put all the best yeah. parts. It's five hours long. The taping like, of that, it, people hate it. Some of the absolute best sketch. T- like I watch Ass Cat, which is like Amy oh, Pollard. Uh, How many and all the rest, everyone else who's part of uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, they like even they like during their improvisation and stuff, like not all of it like is killer. Like <laughs> yeah. they're not always destroying. Like that's part of the process. Like sometimes mm. things hit, sometimes they don't. Uh, but like that listening skill works for everything like it makes you a better writer it makes you more it's about being perceptive and like Mm. listen to the word around it but like we all know how to improvise because i think we're improvising yeah i guess life life in one life in one way or another is one big improv act Mm -hmm. some more for others yeah it depends on you know how you present yourself and what situations you put yourself into as a person on this planet but i think that just I really love the concept of taking those skills and thinking about them on that level where it's like, oh, this is just making me a better person, better at doing things, mm-hmm. even outside of the act of improv or sketch or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And, and I it, think another thing, too, to talk about is like the importance of sucking. And we were talking yeah. a lot about like sucking, mm-hmm. but like being persistent to get through the suck. Yeah. Cause it's going to make you better. The only way you get good is by sucking for a long time. My like second level improv class. Uh, I remember like the final, the like class that we had before we did our show. Cause I, every time you do like, I do a class, you do a class show at the end of it. Uh, I remember that I was partners with Alex O'Brien, like I mentioned. And, uh, we we basically got to do two scenes. Uh, the first scene that we did was like kind of like a practice thing. And so like I went up with her and I just butchered it. I made it real awkward. It was a bad sketch and I was <laughs> terrible. And not sketch, like bad improv scene. And uh, after it was over, I remember the teacher uh, was like, Nate, what the hell was that? That was terrible. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, and like just kind of like ate it. And then I uh, went up to do the last one. And like, I, I forget what the sketch was. But who but, told you it was terrible? Uh, was it Ben? ben? Yeah, yeah ben. it was Ben. <laughs> Yeah, ben is this is the thing. Ben Mayer, and I, I will say his full name. Ben, I love because a lot of times the improv teachers are very nurturing mm-hmm. and caring. And that's the way it should be the first level. Because they want you oh, yeah. to Christine take Nolan, on these skills. Yeah. And they and then after that, you get Ben. Mm. Ben's like, listen, I've done short form comedy for 30 years. <laughs> and he is amazing. He oh, has yeah. a beautiful dog. He has a handsome kid. Mm-hmm. He's got, I love him. And he was like the only person who would just tell you when yeah. you eat shit. And I like that was the one thing that always like I loved about mm-hmm. him. Yeah, but no, it's awesome. It ended up the we I got to go up and do one more uh, scene, and uh, it ended up being like something ridiculous where I was like pretending to be a Christmas tree that was getting chopped down, but I was like trying to convince the person not to chop me down. It was just ridiculous. And then after it was over, like Ben was sitting there, and he was like. Nate, you went from doing the worst scene of the night to one of the best. Thank you. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was, yeah, the other one was terrifying. I think I like moved the scene multiple places like randomly and I was on a bus for a moment and then I wasn't talking. And <laughs> terrible. Oh, man. No, it's it's really fun about like improv because sometimes that happens. Like sometimes you have a really strong idea and the other person has a really strong idea. And it's like, how do we reconcile these two things? You don't. Sometimes it works and sometimes it's not. <laughs> There's so, sometimes there's no synthesis whatsoever. It's just like, here's this idea. And uh, over here, I'm going to be a squid. Mm, yep. I felt so bad for Alex. <laughs> so bad. Well, I think that that's what makes things like improv so exciting is the fact that it can go wrong mm-hmm. at any moment. And when it doesn't, it's this beautiful thing. But when it does, it's like, well, that was awkward, but yep. it's inevitable. Like, it's going to happen. Ta-da. Mm-hmm. Everything, not everything can be great. Otherwise, the art would have no reason to exist mm. if it was easy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did I finish up how I got into comedy? No, not really. All right. Well, but we can uh, get there now. Did those classes. I was an intern at Arcade. And then Mindy Cooper, who we mentioned already, uh, she was like in charge of me. And uh, she was like, have you ever thought about doing sketch? I mean, I think she asked me how I felt about sketch comedy. I was like, well, if I could rank the comedies, I would say uh, I think stand-up's pretty cool. Sketch would be next and then improv third. And then uh, she was like, well, do you want to do sketch? And I'm like, 
Sure. And so then she was like, okay, here's some sketches. Uh, do it. Come hang out with these strangers. And uh, then they liked me enough to let me hang out. Cool. And then it was like two years in. Yeah, so you with, were. Yeah, you did about almost exactly two years. Mm-hmm. So with sketch, there's more like things that you have to memorize and more beats and more yeah. people involved. I That's imagine. what I like about sketch. I like sketch as as far as like comparing to music and everything. Sketch, you get to at least like plan what's going on, even though you do get to have fun in the middle of it. You, you get to know like what you're doing instead. Yeah, of like, there's more of an an outline. It's yeah. maybe a little bit like harder a, for like it to get sketch. off the rails. And the thing that was really interesting about you is like you were like really one of the first like. Everyone up until that point had been part of the group was like improvisers and stand-ups. Like we deliberately, because up until that point, all the stuff I would either have been all stand-ups or all improvisers mm-hmm. from a sketch. And I really thought it was really a good place to have those two people together. And you did some improv, but I would never define you as an improviser. Yeah, I always liked whenever Zach would like try and jump into an improv scene with me just out of nowhere. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, and he's yeah. like, oh, Nate, really fun to hang out with you. I'm like, okay, great. But this is the thing. You, you, you are much more like a stand-up than an improviser, like as a person. Like, but like, because you you have a very like natural timing that like comes with like the way you, and you have like certain, you very much could like, you were willing to say no. Like, yeah, you're willing to shut things down, I love and that's funny. No. Yeah, I know yeah. it's super good. Oh man, it's the best. That's the best thing. Is like an improv. When you're an improv. It's yes and right. Yeah. That's the expression mm-hmm. or whatever way that you want to say it. It's like I, I did no fuck you. But with stand, no, yeah. The, the difference is in stand up. It's like ah, yeah, nope. I'm out. I'm not. I'm not engaging. Not doing this. And that can be really fun too. Is when you just shut people down because now you've. I mean, even though you've kind of screwed over the person, it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh. But no, you definitely had more of that. I mean, you even talked to me about doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's still scary. I'm too emotional. And I mean, with like those like karaoke shows I do, I get I to feel say like, dumb stuff. I feel like scared, emotional comics make the best ones though, right. in maybe, some ways. If I cry on stage? Yeah, maybe. It could be funny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're that big guy. He cries. Go see well, him. But speaking of being emotional, I'm really curious about... Uh, both, I guess maybe I'll, I'll gear this more towards Derek since you're more in this like full time, it seems like this is your fucking thing that you're yeah. doing, right? Comedy. How do you engage with like content that is not comedy related? Do you like, what do you like? It, like just in your personal life, because I imagine so much of your life has to be like it's revolved around comedy. You're doing sketches, improvs and things like that. Like, are you into watching comedy shows? Like, do you yeah. engage with a lot of that stuff? So this is the thing I I have a really hard time watching stand-up still. Okay. Uh, that started pretty much right at the beginning of stand-up. And I do watch some, but I... Is it, it like you know too much yeah. from being behind the curtain? It's, yeah. it's like it's like getting a... like I have a broadcast journalism degree, and that ruined television and the news. <laughs> like, I can't watch the news. I, I have the hardest time in the world watching the news because I know how the local news works, and it's garbage. Sure. It's hot. Mm-hmm. It's hot garbage for old people to make them scared. Yeah. Have you ever seen Erie News? No. Don't. I mean, I've seen the news. You mean from Erie? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Local news, yeah. Uh, J- Junior's no uh, last laugh. No from Erie uh, news. I've Erie, I've, it's always on when I come and mm-hmm. I work there. And I'm like, okay, cool. I feel like they could do a better job. That's sorry. I yeah. don't mean to start beefs uh, with news people. They all can't. People. And they don't, okay, they don't sorry. care. Because it's for old people and not us. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I do watch. I, I still watch a lot of sketch. I watch a lot of comedy shows. Uh, but I do also now, especially like in my like last couple of years, I've tried to separate myself a little bit. Because it used to just be everything. It was my whole life was like comedy. That's sure. what I did. And I realized I started running out of things to talk about without actually talking about comedy on stage. Like being like, I'm going to talk to you about my jokes <laughs> yeah. and how they came about. It's like, I got to actually have life experiences <laughs> yeah. and friends outside of stand up because stand ups, you might not know this, but this is a little fun fact are terrible people. Yeah. Uh, generally across <laughs> the board. Uh, not necessarily terrible in like a, like, moral way but like usually there's something usually most people who are really into stand-up who are decent stand-ups there's something wrong with them <laughs> sure and i i mean that like not as like i'm not trying to knock stand-ups. i love stand-ups they're my people i think uh, most stand-ups would say that about themselves mm-hmm. the only thing i've known is that if i can't tell what's wrong with you you're hanging out with you for a while all i know is you're better at hiding it than i am mm-hmm. that's the only thing i've figured out about stand-ups that it will eventually come out uh, there's, there's it's a weird thing to want to elicit laughter uh, in that way, like from people, uh, like some people kind of think it's like a thing of control or this or that, or like you're helping people. But ultimately at the end of the day, it's kind of, most people don't want to be laughed at. 
it's a domination thing for me. Yeah. That's why I want to make people laugh. It makes me feel like I'm dominating them. I definitely feel like it's a control thing for me too. <laughs> it's like how I can control dialogue. Like, mm. you know, rather than having someone make fun of my weight, I make fun of it first. It's like, what are you going to do now? Yeah, that's like prison rules. I always say yeah. that to people. It's like, yeah, just like, you know, take yourself down real quick. You can't beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see like, the old I'm fight like, club scene where you beat the shit yeah, out of yourself. Like, you don't know where I've been. Uh-huh. I like the, the behind the curtain thing is really interesting for me as a musician because it's changed the way that I engage with so many things. And it's like, you know, primarily I do uh, I play in a heavy metal band and I also do hip hop. And the two things that I probably listen to the most oh, wow. outside of stuff are metal and hip hop. Like mm-hmm. I, it's like I'm li- always listening to like weird pop and indie stuff and new wave shit. Like I listen to like it's like I don't engage with it outside of my craft because it's like every it's like i know too much about what goes into making a metal record for me to listen to a metal album much the way that's probably hard for you to watch stand up or yeah. local news without being distracted by like oh this snare drum is so fake <laughs> and like all these like weird things yeah. that just like they pull me mm-hmm. out of it and also i think it makes my contributions to the craft hopefully a little bit more unique because i'm not engaging and pulling influence from other hip hop or other metal i'm just like taking my own experience and bringing in influence from things outside of those genres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's like the spun, the, the sponge idea for standup is really scary and that you'll watch something. And then six or eight months later, your brain processes it and then says it on stage. And you're like, and like this thing happens. You're like, where, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Sure. That? And you have to Google the joke and you have to run it past <laughs> yeah. people. Well, like yeah. check out the seat. Like there was this line I had it in some joke. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I can't remember what the joke. It was something. It was some punchline that said, uh, "Uh, the reason I'm so fa- I think the line went like every. The reason I'm so fat is because every time I'm allowed to swear in this thing, right? I've been swearing a bunch. Yes. Okay. Good. Just checking. <laughs> I just was drop dropping up. Uh, it's like the reason I'm so fat is every time I fuck your mom, she bakes me a pie. <laughs> like, uh, and it's it's about this idea that I say this to people, and it's the one time it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this guy shuts me down, and it just becomes this horrible situation. Uh, but forever I was convinced that I did not come up with this. And if you're listening to this right now, listening audience, and you've heard this before from anyone else other than this sweaty man right here, please tell me, please call me at 724-612-4030. Give me your address. No. All right. Excellent. That was amazing. Uh, but seriously, if anyone's heard, I've told that joke for like two years now. And it's one of those things that like, I'm like, I don't I think I came up with it, yeah, but I'm not 100% sure. And that's scary, like as a stand-up, because you don't, it's the biggest thing in the stand-up community is not plagiarizing other people. Yeah. I bet the original comedian sitting there being like, oh, I'm going to get you Mento one of these days. <laughs> when Please you tell come that get that me joke, and tell me and I'll stop doing it. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get you Mento. That's another interesting parallel between comedy and music where I feel in music, there could be 10 people that have songs yeah. about, you know, the same thing and it's not a big deal or 10 10 riffs that sound the same northern gold's gonna start playing psych songs okay Mm, we're just gonna take them all right (laughs) (laughs) have fun with that what if they no matter what be a cover or you play are you gonna play exactly we're uh, we're just gonna put them on an ipod and dance okay (laughs) (laughs) that works yeah i'm Um, not gonna lie i would totally be into that like if that was a band i'll do the same thing good excellent i'll just start rapping over northern gold songs i'll sound like Lil nas x yes please (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna do some collabos yeah Mm -hmm. that'd be good yep um but yeah it's just interesting to think about like how that's like how fresh and how personal everything has to be in comedy i guess particularly more in Stand up, but I imagine too in sketch as well, just because everything is so there, there's nothing to hide behind. Yeah. So it's like the idea has to be original, or this they ripped off this other sketch show, they ripped off this other comedian and music. It's just like, oh, whatever. So, like, mm-hmm. it, what's interesting about that is like secondhand very much started out as like we very much based our aesthetic at the very beginning on kids in the hall, like the way we did our bumpers, which are like these video transitions that we had. Like they had this kind of grainy quality and they had kind of this like kind of like fun music to them. Yeah. So I like uh, you guys. And eventually we that was initially a choice that uh, Chris, like one of the original uh, founders of the team kind of made. And as we grew, we just compl- we grew out of it. Like we transitioned into something else different. 
uh, and we developed our own style. But like very, very much the beginning, it was very much emulation of Kids in the Hall. We're like, we like these kind of sketches. We're going to present it in this exact same way. And it was funny is like someone later came to me and complained to it. And I'm like, it's like, you don't even know what you're ripping off. And I'm like, yeah, I know what Kids in the Hall. Yeah, and he's like, like it's intentional. Blah, 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 F you. And I'm like, I like, knew, well, we knew what we did. F you we did too? it deliberately. We, we, it was more of an homage, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you, it's like you need to start somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're learning how to walk, you know, do you yell at a baby for walking like another baby? I do. It's like, yeah, you would. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you uh, did yell at that moonwalking <laughs> yeah, baby one time. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a unique and beautiful person, Nate Hall. I try. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're starting out something like this, you know, you start writing songs as a band. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe everything that we're doing right now sounds like Nirvana or the Smashing Pumpkins or something. But, you know, moving forward, we'll find our own voice and then you'll grow from there. It's mm-hmm. natural. Yeah. yeah, like and the thing that's like nice to us, we do have sometimes sketches that are like not exactly like homages, but like sometimes there's like a light reference to another sketch. Uh, there's um, fan re- service. Yeah, there's an old SNL sketch. Uh, and I can't remember what the name of it. It's it's basically Mike Myers and he's playing this weird German guy. It's like called Sprockets. Sprockets. Mm. Yeah, Sprockets. And we had a show uh, that could, we, the end sketch was called Conclusions. Uh, we, the, the first sketch was called Intr- Intros to Intros, which was a college class about teaching how to do introductions. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it was real funny. There's all these people who don't know how to do introductions. And this show ends with conclusions. Yeah. And it's this guy. And it's just he's te- he's like, it's this show called Conclusions, where it's it, basically we're wrapping up the whole show. And the character was very much I played was very much based on Michael Myers character. He didn't look exactly like him, but he acted exactly like this character. I didn't know that until now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now it makes sense. That's exactly. I mean, it was just, I'm like, this is the character I, I want to mm. play. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't stand there and rub my nipples or anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But I should have. Yes. Was that the show where afterwards we sang Fuck You, Zach Rudd? I don't think. I think that was the show after that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wrote a song for a sketch. Nice. There's a guy in the group called Zach Roach, and the song is called Fuck You, Zach Roach. Oh. Clever. Which will be played in our mm. fifth year anniversary show. Oh, let the people mm-hmm. know again yeah. when that is. Uh, oh, man. January 10th and 11th at the Arcade Comedy Theater. Friday at 8 o'clock. Saturday, 10 o'clock. Immediately followed by Party and Drugs. In a steel cage. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from this fifth year anniversary show, how regular are events that you put to, put on? Uh, we try to do uh, three or four shows a year. Uh, is generally our pace. Uh, sometimes it you know, it depends on the year. The first year we did sketch, the very first year we produced like seven shows. Wow, that's it a was lot. crazy. Uh, but this will be our fourth for the year. Um, and usually we do two shows at a time, and then we produce a video sketch all throughout the year. And we're we constantly write, like constantly get together and work. Uh, sometimes we do side projects. Uh, like we're helping. I can't. I have to kind of keep this under wraps, but like we're helping with like community active activism thing uh, going on with a park. In the cool. city, they had this idea for a sketch, and they're going to kind of like lightly finance it. Like we're not paying any of the actors, but just like you know to rent some of the equipment and stuff for it. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. Like we do, we've done a bunch of different stuff. Like we've collabed uh, with a lot of people. Uh, we've helped write monologues for certain things, like and like we've live read uh, some sketches and done stuff from other people, Super uh, cool. like for sketch classes. So yeah, how often does the group <clears throat> get together? Every week. Every week. Yeah, we ever usually every Tuesday night is we. Super cool. Yeah. And do you have like a space where you get together at? Well, uh, we, we used to have a great studio over uh, in the Southside Works. Uh, but now that building has been taken over by a bunch of corporate dickheads. Is that the place where we yeah. used to? Oh, gee, that was a really nice place. Yeah, it was. We had a tons of space. It was awesome. So now, I mean, pretty much we use just our houses. Yeah, like, fair enough. Like it's just DIY. baby. We, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we got to do. Uh, we try to use as many different spaces we can. We used to use the Cathedral of Learning a lot because you used to have a lot of empty space. Oh, yeah. But, like now right they, the open. but now it's like everything is on lockdown there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Too many sketch groups getting in there and practicing. Yeah. <laughs> Too many sketch groups. Mm-hmm. It was just it was lousy with them. Uh-huh. No. no, we're probably one of the most active sketch groups in the city. Like, because we just, we constantly do stuff. Like, the we constantly do shows. The thing that's super interesting to me about the Pittsburgh comedy scene is that like, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know that it exists. It's one of those things. It's it's similar to the Pittsburgh music scene. Like if you are outside of it, it's really easy to not know that it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's super easy, but there's so fucking much going on. Exactly. And I imagine it's I mean, the same for the music scenes. Huge. Like, I mean, in comparison to the comedy scene, like how many people are in music, like mm-hmm. musicians, and how many venues, like music scenes way bigger, like for sure. And it's awesome. Like 
at least from what I've seen. Like, I remember the first time I went to Acoustic Cafe, like in the uh, South Side when they used to have it there. And I was like, it was like the first time I've ever been to a music mic where I'm like, oh my God, these people are actually really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was just like, up until that point, it was just like, okay, like, we're going to play Wagon Wheel. Uh, like, it's like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, which is a fine song the first 20 times. Yeah. Fine song. Yeah, like, yeah. The first time you hear it. Uh, and then you hear it 227 more mm. times and you're like, not a fan. So, I mean, with the local comedy scene in terms of the venues, I think that is probably like one of the biggest factors I would imagine, like facilitating building a community. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing that like when, in, you know, 10 years ago, the scene was not very big. Uh, the comedy was kind of on the city was not doing well that time that's that has since changed but it was also like really when social media became the first time where you could target things like you could go look up on facebook and on google and look for comedy events like other than looking in the old like city paper mm -hmm. which i mean that used to be an awful process because so many things would have the dead listings <laughs> of like mics or shows that only last for a couple weeks but the city paper doesn't care they just keep chugging them out because mm -hmm. what like they don't it's not it's not that i should say they don't care it's just there's no process really mm -hmm. to like check these things there's like I think, 400 yeah. listings it's it's uh it's a team of underpaid and overworked people that just can't <laughs> yeah. do the research they need to, to yeah. publish mm -hmm. things correctly yeah I mean, they, they, <laughs> consistently they have, exactly the city paper uh <laughs> so we got we have luck we got since then you know for a while we had the funny bone and the improv the funny bone went away so the only thing we had for a while and what just what everyone saw was just we had the improv uh and the improv is just a real simple you know three-man shows so there's a very small amount of stage time. So it naturally kind of led to like there being more local open mics like opening up like this Smiling Moose. Uh, and then it, it slowly kind of grew into other venues. Like the clubs had their own open mics, but you oftentimes they were bringers. You had to bring people uh, to them. Does that happen in music? Where you have to oh, bring people to yeah, shows? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of, shows? but not. It's, I don't think it's as aggressive as it is in comedy. Mm -hmm. Like I know like. It's not a thing where it's like, here's tickets for this show and then go out, go out on East Carson and hand these tickets. Yeah. And if people don't show up, you can't. Bark. Yeah. Yeah. That that kind of thing is not really super big in music, but there is a lot of people that will, a lot of promoters that will try to convince you to sell tickets for shows and like, Hey, you know, like if you can meet this minimum, you can play, but most of them will still let you play. Even if you don't meet the minimum, mm. you probably just won't get asked to play again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there's that. So like for a while, that was all we had. And the open mics kind of grew out. And then what was great about right around that time, we started getting the, like the improv theaters, like there was first the steel city improv theater, then the arcade, then on plan. So there's three of them now. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, and with that, like we got kind of lucky. Some of the standup venues like got better. Uh, and became more like stable, like Pleasure Bar and like Scarpazies. And then there was also Hambones, which is uh, like Jeff Holt who runs that bar. Like I've worked with him for about nine years now. Uh, I've worked with him pretty much. I've ran an open mic for him forever. Yeah. Uh, Best one in the city, she, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what people say. I don't, I don't say it. <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, but the thing it was, we got really, really lucky with is we finally had an owner that actually supported the arts. Like, most bar owners, what they were interested in is treating stand-up like karaoke. Sure. It was an event they had. You need to sell alcohol. <laughs> you need to do this. And then we will pay you out this money. Or it's like trivia, right? Mm. It's like, we want you to do this. So it brings in people and they stay. Uh, and that doesn't always, sometimes you have bad shows. Like sometimes things don't go well. Wait, what? Sometimes somebody gets up at an open mic and because oh, sure. people can say whatever like they want and someone goes on some crazy racist tirade about jewish people or something mm. you're like whoa and you know yeah. you can't you can shut it down as fast as you can but it's still said <laughs> oh yeah just yeah. get the hook man out yeah like, i imagine that's like a, a really big problem just with like because you're trying to facilitate a place for new talent to flourish and you want to find new people mm. you want the community to grow so it's kind of like this open door policy and that's the only way these guys can practice that's what yeah. scares me also about that kind of stuff yeah it's hard the weird thing about stand-up is you have to practice in front of oh yeah yeah <laughs> uh you can you can do exercises at home you can that's, go through your material mm -hmm. saying it but uh and the thing is i by the way that example like hap has happened only a couple times <laughs> sure most of the time it's just people just get up and it's not really working. Like that's really what happens most of the time. It's, it's far sadder than yeah. that. It's like we very we have very few like edge lord comics who are like going out and be like women rights are dumb. We need to reclaim our white heritage. We don't mm -hmm. really get that. Yeah. Like and those guys that do immediately get ostracized out <laughs> yeah. of the scene. Like mm -hmm. no one really puts up with that crap anymore. Yeah, yeah. that that stuff is like 
it, it's so interesting to me to like, it's okay. It's one thing to be like, okay, I'm a stand up comic and I'm going to tell stories. And even if I am here to not necessarily connect with the audience, I think you do want them to connect with you in some aspect and yeah. it to be a thing, but to like go up on a stage and tell things that, you know, like edgelord shit. Like I'm the only person that thinks this is funny and you know, I'm just, it's like this ego thing that is completely preposterous to me. And it's like, I don't know why you're using this Avenue to try to get this message across. So mm. This reminds me of this really weird thing that happened about a month and a half ago. You're the guy that did this. No, that you're okay. <laughs> uh, I hosted a show and I walked out of the bar and I went to go get a drink at the end of it. And this guy walks, guy comes, slides up to me. He's like, Hey man, so let you know you did a real good job hosting. I'm like, thank you. You know, I, you know thank you. I really appreciate it. He's like, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm like, Heck yeah, man. He's like, yeah, I've been a performer. I've done opera. I've hosted tons of things, this and that. I'm like, that's Red great, flag. man. That was Pablo. Well, no, actually, <laughs> I, like, I, I am very encouraging of anybody. Sure, sure, and I'm sure. like, hey, if you have a performance background, that'll definitely help you up there. Like, And then I say this very innocuous comment to him. I'm like, just, I'm just, I'm just going to let you know, man. Like, It's just the thing that's interesting about stand-up. It's not what you think it is. And he's like, no, 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 no. I know <laughs> what stand-up comedy is. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to explain to you just like, like it was like, Hey, make sure you go up there with a plan, you know, and you know, to get up there, just know that it's not like it's stand up isn't weird because it looks like you're just talking and engaging with the audience. That's not really what's happening. Oh no. <laughs> it's very similar. I think into my experiences that I've had being a DJ where like, you're like mm-hmm. reading the room, seeing what the crowd's reacting to. And sometimes you might have to make a switch. Like I imagine yeah. maybe a joke that you were planning to play next or say next in a song that I might've been planning to play. It's like, well, the room's not reacting the way I was thinking. I might need to shift the tone. Yeah, your apps, that is 100% spot on. That's great. Uh, it's this like process that you have to, you know, you have to adjust to. And it's also like sometimes things don't go well. Uh, it, it's like boxing. How boxing looks like your two people are beating the crap out of each other, but it's really a lot more strategic. What? And like what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like where your footwork is. It's all this stuff that if you don't know a lot about it, it's, it's nuanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in like, I'm just getting this screaming match with this. I mean, he's screaming at me. He's like, I understand comedy. I've hosted. Five. I'm just like, I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to argue. I'm just trying to tell you. It's just a little different. He's just like, well, not accept. He's like, I know what fucking comedy is. This is here, you piece of shit. Like, Your comedy. Like, this is hysterical. That's great. But then like, I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, listen, here's all the times the open mics are. I'm going to walk away now. Walk away now. And like he follows me outside while I'm trying to smoke a cigarette, oh, no. and he's like, he's still like, he butts into this conversation, oh, like, no. oh, like he like, I'm trying, I'm having another conversation with comics, and he like butts in, he's like, well, you clearly don't know anything about comedy, and it was so great to watch all these other comics just shut this guy down, <laughs> and him just like trying to fight, and I just like walk away, and I'm just like. I feel like I feel like that 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 dude just gave you a bit. You can work on that. I w- that I'm, could be something. I hate him so much. I never want to acknowledge him. <laughs> Outside that, of now. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, man. I never want to acknowledge his. Yeah. Wh- wherever you are, Dan. Yeah. Give him a shitty name. Like I remember. Dan. No, I remember his name because it's the same name as my dad. Okay. Whoa. All right. Dan. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Dan's. I said that's a shitty name. Opera Dan. Oh. Opera oh. Dan. <laughs> It's a bit. Damn. Opera Dan is a bit. <laughs> what a prick. <laughs> Do you guys get that like with music though? Like people give up and just like give you a bunch of like a bunch of notes for your music? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I've had people tell me I hit my snare drum wrong. Sound yeah. guys. Yeah. I'm like, well, thanks, guy. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've, I've like, I've met people, um, I'd say a lot more in the rap world than in the metal world because like, everybody's a fucking rapper nowadays mm. and, and metal guys are nice nerds yeah yeah a lot of the rap people that i meet they could be kind of weird and uh you'll just get like yeah people will talk to you about like uh it doesn't happen so much nowadays but more when i was starting i would get comments about like oh like the mixes on my beats are bad but that's constructive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah, like worthy. You can tweak that. Yeah. Or like, you know, like what, what holding, holding the mic wrong or like, you know, little things like that. And then sometimes I've had issues where like I met somebody, uh, once at 
I was at D's Cafe. Yeah. Mm. After, Love D's. After, D's. which shout outs again to the city paper. Mm-hmm. It was after the, the best of party. Yes. Because I was, I was voted in the reader's poll as the second best hip hop artist. Which year was that? Uh, actually, yeah. this, it was 2015, I think. Is that the year that uh, we were best sketch group? Uh, it was I, either 15 or 16. 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. I remember you were there. It was though. the we same. Saw- Year that I because I missed it because I was on tour. We had the stage AE and uh, I won best after comic party that thing. Year. Was that the one that you were at? Um, so I was there that year, but mm-hmm. this was the year before that. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, because I got it. Sense. It was like two or three years in a row mm-hmm. that I was nice. in it. And um, look at all these besties what, in what, here. Best what sketch. happened? Uh, <laughs> I still had my name tag on me, so somebody came up to me because I guess they recognized it. And they started talking to me about rap and like, yo, I'm a rapper, like spit something. And then like start like rapping songs at me. And it was kind of like one of these things where it's like, okay, yeah, fundamentally you can rap, you can write, but there's a lot more that goes into this than just like having a verse, like Mm -hmm. actually like recording a song properly, performing, booking a show, learning what it's like performing and doing all of these things. There's so much more nuance and it's not what you think it is. Well, it's like, it's like everyone, I feel like everyone in a way thinks they're funny. I, and I actually do think most people are funnier than they realize. Mm-hmm. But it's exactly what you're saying. It's, there's a whole process of actually doing it, being committed enough to go through all of these steps, not just being like, it's my destiny. This is going to yeah. happen to me. Mm-hmm. Like It's like putting in the actual work and the effort and learning about production and like learning about a craft and learning oh, yeah. about other performers and investing into a community. Like There's all these elements that people just really kind of take for granted. And they're just like, I'm the funny guy at the factory. I'm going to yeah. go down and kill it. So, mm-hmm. Like... There's so many people who think, oh, I'll do stand-up for like two months and then I'll probably start working in the clubs. <laughs> and then by that point, I'll work the clubs for a couple months. I'll get my first and sitcom. And I'll be, I'll be at my first, I'll probably be at my special by a year. And then probably like two years in, I'll get my sitcom. And then by three years, I'll probably be dead from cocaine. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, another another thing that has come across a lot too, especially in the rap thing, is I've met people that tell me they're managers. Oh, geez. Yeah. And like people Dude, that, that have stand up too. You meet a lot of people mm-hmm. that know people and they've worked with people that have worked with people who have worked with people, you know, yeah. like all that kind of shit. And it's just like, it's the worst. Like, I'm a manager at JCPenney, but what's up? It's, like, it's, like, I'm not, it's like, I'm not trying to like talk down on myself right now, Mr. Manager, but like, if you know the people that you say you know, why are you here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's like, that's such a confusing, like when people say stuff like that, like they're just blatantly lying. Like I was hosting the improv open mic one night and this guy, he comes up to me outside and he's like, Hey man, I'm from New York city. Like I'm, yeah, I used to be part of the scene a couple years ago. I've been stand up for about five, six years. And he's like, I'm down here to do a, a guest spot. The, so the club can see me so I can get to work. And I'm like, that is a thing, by the way. That mm-hmm. is a yeah, thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally a thing. And I'm like, Oh, okay, man. Hell yeah. He's like, and so that means he started like maybe a year before I did at that point. I was maybe like four years in. And he's, I'm like, yeah, where did you do? And he starts naming all these venues. And I'm like, okay, half of these aren't real anymore. <laughs> and then another half of these never existed like, when you were around. I know that. I'm like, well, maybe he's just wrong. You know? <laughs> maybe he's like, a maybe time he traveler. Just, uh, maybe, maybe he's just misremembering. I mean, that's totally possible. It's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. He was just trying to impress me a little bit. Yeah, give you the little like, razzle dazzle. And like he's like name dropping everyone's like, I worked at this club, I worked at the comedy cellar, I've done this. And I was just sitting, I'm like, why? I know Cat done all that stuff. Why are you having to do a guest set at the improv? You should just <laughs> be with a headliner and featuring for them. Mm. And I'm like, and this is what I do. I'm like, I'll just watch a set. Because the proof, is, you know, the proof is in the pudding or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And I watched him go up. I've told this story before. This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life and he's like hey pittsburgh how we doing and everyone's like ah. and it's like what's going on tonight pittsburgh what's shaking and at that point he is like fall, falling in to the comedy fallacy of oh all i have thought about is my intro <laughs> intros to intros he just yeah <laughs> <laughs> Woo, he did another 30 seconds of intros. Hey, how's you like, what how are you? Like, and then like he tried to do a bit and it made no sense. And then this oh, guy, and like God. it was like I couldn't look at the stage because I felt like so bad for it. Like that was like awful. Audience dead signs. And some guy in the audience did this. 
and I will tell you this in comedy, this is the last thing you want to have <laughs> is that an audience doesn't hate you anymore. They've went so beyond hate or dislike that they pity you. Uh, that is the worst feeling sure. that you will ever get as a stand-up. <laughs> I've got it maybe I've got it a couple times. <laughs> I on it, it's the closest I've ever come yeah, to like, comedy oh, every he's time. Trying. He's trying. Hey, let's give it up. And this guy, he's he's like, hey man, nice shoes. <laughs> At that point, I laughed my ass off. I had to walk out of the room because I was la clearly <laughs> laughing at the situation. Uh, and I told the bouncer, I was like, you have to tell me when this is over. And they just had a conversation about his shoes for two minutes. And then they threw up the music oh, and threw him wow. off stage. And the thing is, is when you're a host, like in that particular situation, you have to deal with it. You don't have it. Oh, yeah. You don't have, you can't. Not, you, you can't forget about it. Your show dad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, well, you're, li you're liaison between the audience and the show. Yeah. Like, you're the middle. Like, you know, uh, and so like I had to go up and make fun of him. Like I could like there's nothing. <clears throat> if you eat shit that bad, yeah. like I am sorry. That is my job. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Like I have to go do this. And the, like the show is more important than his pride at that yeah. point. Yeah. Just walk yeah. past like, sorry, bud. Got to yeah. do this. And the thing is, I couldn't even I, I wanted to talk to him afterwards. He was very gone. <laughs> like, he did not come back. And later I actually asked the manager, like, do you know that guy's like, I don't know. <laughs> did you ever look him up to see if like, oh, where are mm. they now? I yeah. have no idea. <laughs> Actually, he died. I know he 50 wore a tie-dye shirt and night. he was wearing Tom's shoes. Ooh. That's it. That's all I remember about him. Mm -hmm. Most of my experience dealing with people that when like complete strangers come up to me and start telling me, they're like giving me answers to questions I didn't ask. It's always like a red flag for me. <laughs> like, hey, what's up? Like, especially at a show, like, hey, what's up? You know, we're here on blah, 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 blah doing this and that. And like, oh God, like <laughs> <laughs> it's just like like meeting meeting, meeting rappers and places like oh you rap I rap too I've done this I fucking I got a, I got a song on SoundCloud with like a hundred thousand streams on it check it out check me out sometime it's just mm, like whoa oh, like exhausting I didn't ask you about mm. all this can we yeah. just be like oh cool like you we do the same thing that's cool we don't, you don't need to start spewing stats at me mm -hmm. like yeah I just yeah. like that's I, professionalism yeah you gotta let that, them know your resume right? no. like. Like that's exactly like the thing that's like really annoying. It's, it's like, like a I'm verbal like, business card. I'm like, mm, yeah. I'm not a mark. Like I'm I'm in this with you. Like, don't it's like when someone in stand-up does a character and then doesn't break character when they get off stage <sighs> and they just keep playing the character to everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's just like, hey man. Hello, I, Golf. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a guy like I, I'm not gonna go to the story. It's it's not funny or great. Uh, <laughs> but like I've multiple times, it's just boring, and I'm not doing his dumb character. It was stupid. Uh, but it just when it, no matter what you talk to him, and it's just like, hey man, I know you're not this person. Yeah. Like just have enough respect for me to know that you can drop this act because I'm doing the same thing you are, just not so obviously. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like leave me alone. Like I don't. I want to just treat me normal. It's like sometimes there's a problem with like standups when they're way on, they're on, quote unquote, like they're always have their stage presence on mm. and they're always like a little too jokey and they're always like doing running bits on everybody. Pulling your pants down. Yeah. You know, pull, yeah, that's the classic. Mm -hmm. uh, and like usually what it's what you want, at least what I want to have a conversation with, I don't want to have a, like we can joke and have fun, but like I don't want you to be constantly running bits or like constantly trying to make me laugh. Like, let's just have a normal conversation. Yeah. Like, that's what I want anyway. I've with met, other performers i've met several people several unfortunately several people in the music scene that have faked british accents oh no ew that's yeah. such a weird thing like on a psychological level like, like, like what kind like, though like, like was it like hybrid was it like a cockney yeah like yeah. that kind of thing hi like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, i'm like, tim wolf yeah like, like so fucking, wanna play this new ditty for you called some, wagon some wheel fucking, <laughs> some fucking turd from like Irwin with a cockney yeah. accent yeah. <laughs> it's like top of the morning to you <laughs> No, I don't know what that accent was. That was like That's Irish. Yeah, yeah, you. What? Nate? Uh, I don't know. I mean, pff, I, I wish. I wish it happened more often. <laughs> I would love it if I had somebody in my life. I'm like, that's a fake fucking it's accent. It's happened to me three Keep times. It up. Three times. Not drop three it. different people. I've never. I wish. There was a comic that used to have a fake British accent. <laughs> and he uh, one time tried to stab me with a railroad spike. But that's a whole other story. Wow. <laughs> that's a long story. Yeah, like I said, it's a psychological problem yeah. that these people have. I let him stay at my house one night and he got blackout drunk and he fell asleep in my living room. And so I carried him up to my bed and it was when we were carrying him upstairs. We realized he had a railroad spike in his hand and he tried to swing it at me. And we're like, why? Did, like the next day I was like, why did you have that? He's like, for protection. Yeah, I was hoping the story was going to go like we took him upstairs and he found my basket of railroad spikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my old, back up in the day when I used to be in the railroad. <laughs> or like 
he was sleeping on our couch and we didn't want him in the fucking house anymore. So we just dragged him out onto the tracks and he <laughs> yeah. came back with a spike. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Railroad tracks were close. We mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of railroad tracks and chains, trains, chains and trains. I love them. Two of my favorite things. Choo choo. I think that this train has reached the station, my friends. All right. We're at our, we've made our hour mark. I think we've said everything that we need to say. We could probably bullshit for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Next this time you're doing something, come by. Yeah. Let me know. I will. Yeah. I will bother you. let the people know one more time about the fifth year anniversary, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, this guy and me and about 18 other human beings are going to be down at the Arcade Comedy Theater January 9th, or excuse me, 10th and 11th. Uh, first Friday show is 8 p.m. Second show at 10 p.m. I highly recommend you buy tickets online. The shows will sell out. Uh, we've already sold a bunch of tickets. Uh, so I highly recommend going to the Arcade Comedy Theater website. Just Google them. Go to find us or you can look up secondhandsketch.com and we have our ticket links all on there too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here. Nate, Derek, I really appreciate it. Good times. Looking forward. Uh, maybe maybe I will come to one of your events. Oh, yes. I have to check the calendar. One thing that like I always want to check out local comedy more, but you know, I play in two bands and have a third band that's about to start playing some shows Ugh. and have this podcast and a life and stuff. So it's hard to make time for things. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. I hope I hope I can check out something eventually. You too. That's that's I, I totally understand that mutual problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard. I've seen like two concerts in the past year. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah, it's hard when like all of your homies are just other people doing their own things. But yeah. anyways, regardless, I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. This is the last episode that I am recording in 2019, and it'll be up probably in the start of 2020. So, hey, happy new year, everybody. Have a good day. See you later. Thanks for listening. And that's it. Nice bird hands. That looks really good. It turned into a face hugger at the end. That looks really good. That's a binoc. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. That was great, man.